attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Dana, I'm exhausted. It's only Tuesday. There's so much happening. <laughs> I know it's only Tuesday, but Why like... Why are you so exhausted? I cannot keep up with all the mouse musings happening in the world right now. Mm-hmm. We haven't even called it mouse musings in a long time. But like, I can't keep up and I'm exhausted. Like, I can't... Also, I'm exhausted trying to figure out what social media platforms to follow any of us on anymore. Like, it was Twitter, now Threads, or is it Instagram, or is it what? Like, ah... It's too much. It is too much. I can't handle it. I have a Threads account. Do you have a Threads account? No. What I have it, a Threads. What is Threads? I have a Threads account. It's like Facebook's, or I'm sorry, Meta's answer to Twitter. And uh-huh. now like Twitter is suing Meta, uh-huh. saying they stole all their engineers, but they didn't steal them because Elon Musk fired everybody. And they basically created like a better Twitter over at Meta. And it's very like early 2000s Facebook status update vibe happening over there. Oh, good gracious. (laughs) Okay. I don't know, but all the, like the Disney influencers have moved over to threads Hmm. and they're posting there, but they're also posting on Twitter and they're also posting on Instagram. And I don't, it's just too much. Are you telling me? And they're also on YouTube. Are you telling me it's all a racket? Is it just a racket? Yes. Yeah. It's a racket. It's a racket. We weren't going to do a like, we weren't going to start off negative, but here we are. I know, but here we are. But anyway, there's so much news to talk about, and that's what we're going to do today. But first, if y'all been creeping on our Instagram, not threads, because we don't have a threads, not Twitter, because we don't have Twitter, but our Instagram. <laughs> Just our good old trusty Instagram. <laughs> Dana, you went on a little bit of a... What could have been very expensive adventure. Yeah. I just went to the Van Eaton Disneyland auction gallery. So this is this isn't the auction. This isn't the experience where they have the guy with the gavel shouting at rapid speed all these high dollar numbers and the paddles and all that stuff. This was just a old Bed Bath and Beyond that they turned into a temporary gallery where you could see all of this one single dude's stuff all his disney stuff i'm blanking on the guy's name but he's put this out there a couple of times so people can go and look at what he has and i guess all of it's up for sale again i think he sells a lot of it every few years but this was really awesome how does he have all this i don't know i'm like what is going on with this guy i gotta look up the guy's name disney like i mean you were while you're looking that up like you were texting me about this and then we put the pictures and the videos up on Instagram. And I love the little game we had going on of guess how much this is, but like, he's got like a Dumbo ride vehicle, a figment animatronic, like stuff from haunted mansion. Like how did this guy get all of I mean, It's insane. The memorabilia he has. Cause when you first sent this to me, I was like, Oh, is Disney selling off? You know, we're, we're going to talk about Disney's issues in a minute, but Disney's cash flow problem. They're just going to start selling off uh, parts of the park. That they've got in storage or what? Oh, my goodness. I just realized this guy's name. I looked it up. It's Joel McGee, and he has the largest Disney collection. But this is me and my brain imploding right now because I'm realizing that a year ago I talked to this guy. Because I... Oh, you did? I, yes, I develop reality shows. That's my job in real life when I'm not talking about Disney on a podcast. Right. And I talked to this guy because we were casting a, like, kind of a Pawn Stars type of show. He's been on Pawn Stars a bunch. 
This guy, super nice, very friendly. He's like everybody's dad kind of vibe. He's very dad vibe. Why did you not cast him? He probably would have just given you something. Like, here's some Mickey ears from 1979. I mean, like, yeah. He told me all about his Disney stuff in general. Like, we only did, like, two phone calls and, like, a Zoom. But he talked about how he owned a lot of this stuff or that he had it in storages. I think, like, there's a whole other world around people who collect and, like, it's all kind of often being transferred around to each other for, like, better deals. But, yeah, that was this guy. I don't know how he I mean, it's not a reality show. Do we find him again and bring him on the podcast? He was very easy to find. I can happily give him a phone call. I got all of his contacts. We should see if he'd want to do it. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, it would be. I did talk to him. Now, this was like about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. It was uh, late July 2022. I had a couple phone calls with him. He was very eager to do something and show off. Now, it wasn't just his Disney collection. He has a ton of stuff. I think he really likes toys, like old die yeah, yeah, that's toys nice, and stuff. But- I know, I know. <laughs> um, but he had gone on Pawn Stars, and that's how I found him, because I thought he was really fun. And, yeah, the network was not his jam. Like, his personality did mm. not jive. And the network I was talking to was definitely not a Disney-owned network, so they wouldn't have put on any of the Disney stuff anyway. Oh. Well, we love Disney and we love talking Disney, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> like, who knew? We should reach out to him and see if he talked to us. Yeah, we should. I think it'd be so cool to hear his story. All right, I will. I'll talk to <gasps> All him. All right, you heard it here. Please, please, if we call you, call us back. I'm putting it in the world. So I went in Burbank, I went to this gallery. They had, oh gosh, thousands, thousands of things on display, which was so incredible. And everything from stuff that was as small as like little trinkets that you would have gotten in the 50s and 60s from like Adventureland. And they had like a little Davy Crockett ashtray and small stuff like that, all the way up to these big things like ride vehicles. They had the hitchhiking ghosts, all three of them together. They had animatronics from the Tiki Room, from It's a Small World. They had costumes, cast member costumes, like the Jungle Cruise Skipper costume. They had the Tower of Terror costume. And they had a Tower of Terror door, too. I don't know if it was real. It kind of looked fake. But they had all this super awesome stuff. Um, If you played along on our Instagram, you probably saw that I did a price comparison. Like, you had to guess what the price was. And the spoiler, they were all wildly more expensive than you thought they were going to be. Insane. It was so wild. I think the most expensive thing was the Dumbo. It was a pink Dumbo. And I think... Dumbo was going for anywhere between $80,000 to $100,000. But I I just do not understand. This is why we have to talk to him because I want to know how he amassed this collection. Like, Mm -hmm. how? Like, are you dumpster diving in Orlando? Like, what's going on? Like, how did you get all this stuff? It's, It's amazing. I mean, truly, as I'm looking at his face, I'm like, oh, this is the guy I've been talking to. I just didn't put the name together. You heard of here first. I think the coolest thing that I saw there was probably, I mean, the animatronics up close were pretty cool and creepy. I, weirdly enough and morbidly enough, love that they had the Discovery Island sign, the old abandoned. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They had the abandoned island signage. And I was like, oh, now at some point, guys, I'm going to do a whole deep dive into the history of Discovery Island in Florida. But yeah, it was all so cool. I felt very rich because I found that I had two items that they had there. One is a 1982 figment plushie that my friend Jamie, who's 
been on the podcast. She yeah, talked yeah, about working right. on Splash Mountain and everything. She gave that to Ray when they were moving to Georgia, and they were just cleaning out their closet. She said it was her childhood figment, gave it to Ray. Ray has it on her bed every single night. She's taken it to Epcot before, and now I can't let her do that. It needs to go under glass because that thing is worth $200. That's insane. And the other thing I had that was there was a set of Mickey ears from 2005 when they hit their 50th anniversary at Disney. A friend of ours went. I didn't even go that year, but he knew that we were, our family were Disney people. So he got us the gold Mickey hats and they embroidered our names on the back. So I have an embroidered original. Um, And that thing was also going for like a hundred or 150 bucks. So the one thing that in your pictures that I loved was the figment animatronic. Oh yes. Super creepy, right? Yeah. Super creepy. But I want that in my living room. Yeah. (laughs) No, the creepiest thing was the Bugsby, uh, the uh, what's the guy's name? The um, great movie ride, uh, swimming showgirl who was like, yes, a prop. Up. That was so cool. Yeah, it was so cool and creepy. Uh, it was so much fun oh though. My gosh, I, I still like how he how he got his hands on all this and how he has the rights to just sell it. I know. Like fascinated by the entire thing. I'll get to the bottom of it. All right. Should we talk about a little news? I guess. I guess that's why you guys all came here. I feel like every time we put together our news choices, and we usually plan this like earlier in the day of what we should talk about. Some of these things are exciting, but we're going to start off on a real low point, I think, for us Disney adults and also just for all of Disney fandom right now. And I'm sorry. I just want to preface by saying I'm sorry we're going to start off kind of mad, irritated. At our favorite Disney Daddy. I know. I know, bud. Disney Daddy is disappointing. Disney Daddy did us dirty. <laughs> All right, let's let's dive into this news. <laughs> we could make this into a, one of those little golden books, little poem. Disney Daddy did us dirty. <laughs> Disney Daddy did us dirty. <laughs> so, all right, look, Bob Iger. Disney Daddy was on Squawk Box on CNBC. A lot of you, I don't know, may not be frequent viewers of CNBC, but Squawk Box is their big morning show, and they bring on a lot of CEOs who move the markets throughout the day. And Bob Iger, being one of the biggest CEOs in the country and one of the woes, I I think you could argue between him and Elon Musk and, like, Zuckerberg, like, Mm -hmm. they're some of the, like, he's up there in the upper echelons of most recognizable CEOs in mm-hmm. the country. So, Bob, oh boy, it was a very lengthy interview. The setting of it, it was at like the rich people retreat. Um, oh, it was in Sun Valley, Idaho. I know Sun yeah. Valley. It yeah. is fancy. It's a fancy ski area. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Bob. So he, he first, like the news came that he's extended his own contract for an additional two years. Because remember when he first came back on board, he was going to end his run in 2024 and they were going to name a new successor. Now he's saying, well, I got back here and basically read between the lines. Bob Chapek screwed so much stuff up that I got a lot more cleaning up to do is what he's essentially saying. So he's going to stick around. The board's going to have him stick around through 2026. So sorry, silver Disney Danny, our friend Josh tomorrow, but it sounds like you got to wait a little longer before you get the reins. 
if it is him. No uh, crown for you yet, Damaro. It's <laughs> it, it's still on Bob Iger's head. So I, I think we have to start with, I'm going to kind of jump around from what we talked about, but I think the first thing we have to just address is the sag after strike yeah. and his comments around the sag after strike that he thinks, and he made these comments like the day before the strike started. And just so everybody's aware, unless you're living under a rock and are not aware, SAG-AFTRA is the actor's union in the entertainment industry. And so this is everything from film, TV, animation, pretty much anything that an actor is performing in. And that also includes like going to red carpet events, doing promos, doing interviews, anything like anything where their face is on a camera, they can't do any of that right now. Yep. And definitely not production. They can't film anything. Yep. This trickles down. We already know there's a writer strike happening that started a couple of months prior. And so we have a live in Los Angeles. So this is everything everybody talks about here, but it affects everyone. It's obviously affecting the writers and the actors, but it's also affecting camera operators, costume designers, crew members, anybody who works on a production is not working right now in a union setting. I think it's also important to mention, as I just said, I also work in television. I work in unscripted and unscripted is non-union. We kind of were birthed out of the 2006 writer's strike. And so we're kind of in that same resurgence right now from my side, but it is just really unfortunate what's going on, you know, globally in the entertainment industry to see how much everything has stopped down. And it kind of all stems from the streaming platforms that they're not Mm -hmm. paying their actors or their writers accordingly. And this is another kind of inside baseball element. But let's talk about Friends, for example. Friends was a cable network show that we all loved from the 90s. It made syndication, meaning it made over 100 episodes. It kind of moves into this upper echelon of availability to all these other networks so they can play it. And every time an episode is played in anywhere, Bangladesh, on a Bangladeshian channel, all of those Friends actors and the writers are getting paid a little bit of money for each time their episode is airing all around the country. That's been a common practice since the birth of television. And then when streaming became involved, now the actors aren't getting paid for any of those residuals, as they call it, to any of their shows. There's a big kind of kerfuffle going on. Orange is the New Black is kind of the shining example. That was one of the very first streaming shows on Netflix. And a lot of those actors have come out saying that they are getting paid literal cents if their episode airs. But the CEOs of the corporation are still making millions. My husband? Yes, your husband was an actor in Orange is the New Black. My husband, who was in an episode Episode of Orange is the New Black, and we have a running joke here that every time his royalty check comes in, mm-hmm. we take guesses on if it's a dollar, a dollar seventy-five. Was it worth? Like the joke is, was it worth the cost of postage to send him the royalty check that he gets from that one episode whenever it airs? Like from the royalties of it, it's insane. And I'm gonna guess the answer is often no, but it's not nope, worth it. Nope, he didn't nope. make the 35 cents or whatever. It's to the point where SAG after like holds on to the royalties until it gets up to like five dollars, and then they mail him a check for five dollars or something. It's it's pathetic. 
Like yeah. the amount of work and days that he put into that. And he, he wasn't like a background or anything. He had a guest star role in that he episode. He had lines. And yeah, he's he was, making pennies on it. Yeah. So let's not leave the listeners questioning. He was also a meanie in that. He was one of the guards for one episode. And he was a real yeah. mean guy, which is so hard to know that our sweet Kurt <laughs> could be so mean. But he was. That's acting. He was. He was. Acting, baby. But that all said, I will say the one bit of confusion on this is somebody said, well, wait, why are actors still acting in New York? And that is because stage actors are not included in SAG after they have their own union, Actors Equity. Yeah. And they are not on strike. And so a lot of like, there's some big name actors on Broadway right now who you probably would normally see in film and TV, but they are still able to go perform on Broadway because that's not what's at issue. Yeah. And I think the other big thing that they have to address is AI and the fact that actors are now coming out saying they had their bodies scanned Mm. by studios so they could be created as AI, which then blows my mind that Jennifer Lopez agreed to the, have you seen the new Virgin cruise line commercial? Mm. And the whole thing is that they like took Jennifer Lopez's likeness and made her an AI and they've got a bunch of like techie guys in the background all taking turns being J-Lo on the cruise ship and like oh. saying things and recording things. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And then also to tie it back to Disney, the new um, Marvel TV series that's out on Disney Plus right now, um, Secret Invasion, the entire opening, like, you know, on the streaming platforms, the opening credits are usually beautiful and artistic and blah, blah, blah. The entire thing was created by AI not by real artists. Oh, really? And it's it's burned a lot of people. So I think there's I think this has been like bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. And like the fact that they think they can scan background actors in and then use AI and to insert them into scenes now instead of using real people like you guys Terminator was not far off. The apocalypse is coming. So that's our kind of layman's terms explanation of the writers and actors strike that's going on right now. But if you do want a little bit more in depth understanding, like and more globally, less Disney centered, you guys should definitely listen to Kim's podcast. Here's what's happening. It's like a 10 minute review of the day. Uh, But Kim is very big about um, union solidarity and talking about the writers and the actors strike. She can give you a way more clear, breakdown of what's going on but anyhow so bob yes yeah, so bob made some comment that basically he thought the union's demands were completely out of control and unrealistic i think was what he said which he said this while at the you know billionaires retreat he said it a day before the strike yeah I mean, it was a known this yeah. isn't like a random day that they picked it was known oh. for weeks that this was going to be the day that they strike which was july 14th and he said this on july 13th it was so embarrassing yeah. for bob it's like don't 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 man why are you doing yeah why would you say this so he says this which then infuriated a lot of people and actors have come at him being like he's completely out of touch he's making millions and millions and millions of dollars a year off of the work that these actors are doing and it's not not even just the actors it's the whole production crews and everybody else in the work that all these people are not working right now to prove a point right so mm-hmm. and to get what they rightfully should have i think the other part that they're not talking about is like think of all the stuff that's disappearing alpha streaming platforms right now yeah they can make these 
production companies and these big houses like Paramount, Disney, others are making so much money. They're getting tax breaks when they pull a show off of a streaming platform. Yeah. Because they can take a loss. It's insane. Like Star Trek Prodigy on Paramount Plus got canceled after one season. They fully produced the second season and it's never going to see the light of day because they were able to get a tax break by just pulling the whole show off and creating a loss on it. Like what? Yeah. Like it's insane. It's insane. So anyway, that was like his first massive swing. Yeah, that that was the first smack in public's face. I I also want to stay on the same topic. He mentioned another thing, which feels very counterproductive to his last comment. Because I don't know if we even said what his comment was, that he was like, this isn't the right time. But he really like doubled down about telling the whole audience that like, don't strike now. We just came out of a pandemic. This isn't your right time. And it's like, yeah, it says the man who makes billions of dollars that money that he can't even ever use in his lifetime. It's just read the room, Bob, read the room. Also, you're taking money from these people who worked during the pandemic. Yeah. Worked through all that to provide entertainment and content for people at home. Yeah. Films were made during the pandemic. TV shows were made. There's an amazing TV show that just got canceled, but I loved it. The other two on HBO Max or Max, whatever you want to call it. And like it follows like this actor and like his sister and their brother who's a pop star. But the actor like they took a big break between seasons two and three. And it was because of the pandemic. And they like recap the movie he was making during the pandemic. And like literally every two seconds, they'd be like, stop. We got a positive and everybody would have to disappear for oh, two weeks funny. and they come back. So they said it took them like eight years to make the movie. Wow. <laughs> joke because yeah. of that. But anyway, accurate. accurate. So what I was going to also mention is that in the same breath that he's saying entertainment, don't strike right now. He also said that he is considering, and this is big, selling some or most of the entertainment content at Disney and maybe the whole company eventually. We we've talked about this before that I think that guy has his eyes set on Apple and wants to sell Disney to Apple. I don't know if that's feasible, but that I think is something Bob Iger would love to do. He's saying though in this moment that a lot of the streaming platforms for them Disney Plus, Hulu, all their broadcasts, they own ABC, they own um, Freeform, Cable, they own a, they own a lot. Uh, Nat Geo. They own 49% of ESPN. Yep. They own so much. So he's now saying, I'm ready to shell out my projects, send those away. I don't want to own them anymore. I think it's important to mention that Disney Plus lost 4 million subscribers last quarter. So they're not putting in more money to Disney Plus. If you go on Disney Plus, Plus right now, when's the most recent content you have seen? They've put a lot into some big blockbuster IP, but you're not seeing a lot of mid-range stuff. Look, Disney Plus, all we watch right now is Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Mickey Mouse Roadsters, Mickey's Mixed Up Adventures. And, and Cars. <laughs> uh, you watch let's Cars. See, Dino Ranch, Cars, Bluey, and... Uh, what, oh, the Spider-Man shorts. So that's the current rotation on Disney Plus for us right now. And you know um, what? Same. Let's Real quick, like Disney Plus, as much as I love it, and I have a kid, so my kid's watching the same stuff. She's very into the new season of Bluey. But if I didn't have a kid, 
I would probably open up the Disney Plus app maybe once a month to watch a movie. There's nothing on there that's、mm. like pulling me constantly to go open up that app. We do watch all the Marvel TV shows. Sure. And that's been pulling us back in to watch the Marvel series when they come up. Well, like, I am looking forward to the second season of Loki. I do like Secret Invasion. However, I'm a little miffed because you can totally tell that it was. Originally, the plan for Captain Marvel 2, and they just kind of rewrote it and took out Carol Danvers, which is a whole nother issue. And they've also taken some big swings with it. Like, spoiler alert, somebody dies who's been a longtime standing person in the Marvel、don't. Cinematic Universe. Don't. In the very、I、first episode.、It. I'm not going to say who. I'm just going to say somebody dies. It's out there. Like,、mm-hmm. it's out there. I won't say who. But, like, It's actually like their shows, like Hawkeye, that one, they feel cinematic in the way that those shows are done. Granted, I was a huge fan of all the Netflix Marvel shows that just got axed and wrecked on, basically, like、um, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Like those were really, really good television. So, but the ABC thing is interesting because when I worked for Disney, I worked with ABC. And ABC News and ABC has been such an integral part of the Disney, Walt Disney Company. Like at Hollywood Studios in Florida, they have the ABC commissary right there, which literally inside baseball, the inside of that commissary looks like the cafeteria at ABC's headquarters in New York. Like they designed that commissary to look like the employee cafeteria, right?、Yeah. So, like they are tied. And what's interesting is because Bob Iger came from ABC. Yeah. He did. When they bought Disney and he came from there. And now it's interesting that he's talking about selling off ABC potentially, but then it's more thinking about keeping ESPN and sports、That's、with Disney. Wild. Which was interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. Here's what I, always sticks with me when I think about ABC. And this is from my first day of working at Disney in Florida for the theme parks. I remember them talking about, like, they were basically trying to tell us how elite of a company Disney is in that first meeting. At one point, they compared it to NBC and they said, Look, no snuffing on NBC, but we're going to snuff on them. And we're going to tell you that, like, NBC owns a theme park. It's called Universal Studios. We, the company Disney, own ABC. Like, that's how they looked at it. But as we're looking at all of this news and we're talking about it now, I think that also is telling us how they look at ABC, how they look at their stuff, that that's not what they care about. Their media is not what they care about as much as、right. probably the parks and their features at this point.、Uh, but let's also yeah, mention yeah, going back to your mentioning about Marvel, that's something else he dropped that he said they are ready to. Pull back on their Star Wars and Marvel content that they have created really in rapid succession since the birth of Disney Plus. They feel, Bob feels that they went too hard too fast. I don't disagree with him on that, by the way, and that they're going to say, hey, we're going to take a cooling period on those two IPs. It just announced three more movies and they're doubling down on Ray. So, like,、yeah. I don't know. Is that is three more feature length films pulling back on the properties? Or maybe the like, oh, we really screwed up with the Star Cruiser and we're going to pull back that, in that sense. I think I, that's how I interpreted it was that we're going to pull back on too much integration into our parks, into our resorts, into our Disney Plus. I think if I am a betting man, I'm guessing that he is so. 
mad that they made Disney Plus in the first place because it's taking so much of their money. That And that's where all this content has been created for, except for the features. And so I think he's saying, like, let's stop all of this. Let's pare back Disney Plus or get rid of it entirely so that we can still have money to play with in some of our other places like feature films and the parks. That is how I read it. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So should we talk about the parks? So that's what the people are here for. (laughs) I think that's what they're here for. We're not done with Disney Daddy yet, but I wanted to hit on the parks. I think it was interesting when he talked about pricing. So there are two things. We'll talk about pricing, then we'll talk about the big elephant in the room. <laughs> no pun intended, because oh, I just did that. Because hey. the Republican mascot's the elephant. Yeah. So like yeah. the big elephant in the room. That's we're a tease of where anyway, we're going. <laughs> but um, uh, creative at 11 o'clock at night, folks. So Bob Iger does not think that pricing is too much for Disney parks. He says he's looked at it and he's not concerned about the overall decline. Like there's been headlines that like parks are down, blah, blah, blah. Attendance is at its lowest at Disney World in years. And Bob Iger literally said on CNBC, he was like, that's not accurate reporting in that story. What they failed to mention was that it was 100 degrees and 100 percent humidity. And it's Florida in July. He was like, no wonder people weren't there. Yeah, that was his response to it. He was like, it was so hot and humid. Do you want to be there? No. But it's interesting is they're not talking about attendance at Disneyland and DCA mm-hmm. at all. And what that's been Only like, because Florida. I think you've mentioned before, you feel like it's been a little quieter out in California at the Anaheim Country Club as well. So yep. anyway, so he said that. And then that moved into the ongoing fight with Ron DeSantis. Look, I think Bob didn't say anything. We didn't expect him to say. He did say actually that, he threw some shade on Bob Chapek in the interview. Yeah, he did. And said that he didn't think it was handled well, the reaction. He flat out said it, which escalated into this fight with DeSantis. But he does believe that the governor, you know, is completely in the wrong here. Yeah. Which I think public opinion agrees as well. And look, DeSantis isn't helping himself. He just fired several staff members he's completely burning through cash not bringing in the fundraising a lot of this is the old uh, journalist um political guy coming out of me right now but like i can't imagine that his fight with disney is not impacting his presidential run at all and the fact that there are big money donors who are not forking out the cash for him and they're going to a twice indicted former president and still giving him money, and it's not going to a guy like DeSantis. Like, I think his move to go super far right, take on Disney, was a complete misfire on his part, and hopefully good riddance, and I hope Disney just destroys him in court. Same. Yes. Disney Daddy, go destroy him. Though, we're kind of mad at you right now, Disney Daddy, but if you do this, if you go take down DeSantis, then all will be forgiven. You'll be forgiven for some of your sins. Yep. All right. That's our rant on Bob Iger. You know, he can still redeem himself. I hear that a lot of this sounded pretty practical, but also there was a lot of bombs dropped. And I don't think what he said about the union strikes is practical. I was very mad about that. Of everything he said, I was kind of on board with where he was going with a lot of this stuff. But that, to me, was a really out-of-touch comment that he made about the union strikes with the actors and the writers. So 
I wish you had taken that back. He's on a retreat with a bunch of upper echelon fancy CEOs. I think all, you know, Facebook and Elon Musk were there too. Like it just, it, it, no, that's not the time. It's not the time and the place. And, you know, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all, Bob. That's the golden rule. Let's learn that. I agree. All right. Should we talk about happier things? Yeah. Let's go on to some more news. All right. So I can do this all day. Oh, no. That's my audition. I can do this all day. After we go see this in August, I'm going to be singing it constantly. So, Rogers the Musical, this may be old news for all of you, but it is literally in full swing at Disney California Adventure. But run, do not walk, get there now, book your flights, go to California, because it opened June 30th and it closes August 31st. I do not understand why this is only running for one month at the Hyperion Theater I at know. DCA. One month. Two Thank- months. Oh, two months. Sorry. Two months. But like, no. Yes, two months. June. So it's, it's guys. Can't do math. Uh, Rogers the Musical is at DCA at the Hyperion Theater from June 30th to August 31st. So if you want to see it, you should make that a priority of your day. If you're there, if you happen yep. to be there June 30th through August 31st, then you need to make this but a priority. How does one make it a priority? Well, glad you asked that, Adam, because <laughs> they are doing a few different ways to do it. There is a virtual queue. We all love our little virtual queue, quick fingers on yep. the app. Yep. That's going to be at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time for the first two shows and 2 p.m. for the remaining show of the day. However, there are other ways to get in there. You can get in the standby line if there are seats still available. Sure, do that. Yeah. Or the other option is to pay, go over to DCA in the morning and buy your VIP access, which gets you a Rogers the Musical lanyard, some free popcorn and a popcorn bucket and uh, great seats and guaranteed access to the show because you can always pay for access. Adam, is that what you want to do on this trip? Is that what you want to spend the money on? Maybe. Hey, we should talk about and a spirit it. jersey. Oh my goodness, you're gonna buy a spirit jersey. We could do that. Of course, I am. We could definitely do that, but I feel like then I probably don't want to buy. We're about to go to Vegas, so I don't want to spend all of my money at I Disney. Know. I would say it's either Rogers the Musical or Genie Plus. So you think about which one you want to do. Okay, I'm gonna go with Genie Plus, and we just get in the virtual queue for Rogers because we're good. We're good at the virtual queue. We are good. And it's a Thursday. Like, I feel like we're going on a Thursday. School's back in session. Yes. It's not going to be hard to get the virtual queue. So we'll do that because I'd rather Genie Plus our way around to get as much in as we can. Okay. Fiddle faddle our way around the park. And get Folks, as much in you as see how I have to work with Adam. I have to make sure we don't overextend ourselves financially when he's in town <laughs> because then we're going to Vegas and we're going to spend a ton of money there. I'm too excited. I know, but then we're going to Vegas. Also, is your car going to melt? On Probably. the way to Vegas. Because, like, have you seen, like, Death Valley was 130 degrees? Yeah. 130 degrees. I guess Are this is good die? I didn't buy an electric car yet. But, yeah, no, we'll be okay. <laughs> we'll be okay. My car is, you know, it's it's not the newest car, but we'll we'll make it work. Or we'll pull We're, off to the side. We'll lots see. of prayers, folks. Send, send, send your thoughts and prayers our way. Anyway, so that's the way to go see it. I've watched a lot of vlogs. And I've like skip past anything because I don't I want to be surprised when we go see it. Yeah. But like I did see one scene and it looks very like the acting looks strong and looks like Broadway caliber. Apparently there's some great tricks and stuff that happen in it and all that stuff. But it's supposed to be really, really good. I'm just shocked that they're only keeping it around for two months. So if you're out there, try to go see it. We of course will go see it and we'll talk about it when we get back from that trip. Yeah. 
Okay, so more news that came out. This is exciting for all of my Californians. The SoCal resident ticket is back for a very limited time. This deal is only going on through the summer. So if you are interested in this pricing, get on it right now. It was released on June 5th. So it's going on now. The deal is that you must redeem the SoCal resident ticket between June 12th and June 28th. So they're saying for a limited time. June 12th and September 28th. Uh, that is correct. That was a Freudian slip. June 12th through September 28th. So you can buy for $83 per person for a single day ticket offer. That's three days, one park per day tickets, which will be a total of $249, but that is only Monday through Thursdays. If you wanna add a little bit more, they will go up to $300, so it's $100 per ticket for admission any day, including weekends for eligible guests. You can also add the park hopper and I think you can buy Disney Plus through this system too. So if those are things that you wanna do, you can, you have to just call to get the add-ons. But yeah, it's a good deal as long- Is this just for Southern California or is it- Yes, they do want you to bring a piece of mail if you're buying them, a piece of mail to the front ticket booth so they can see your- address or you can put in your zip code but they do check that stuff i thought maybe you could just put in a random zip code but it is only southern cal you can't be living in yeah. the bay yeah sorry san francisco yeah you gotta you gotta be in the socal zip. that's really a bummer they should open it up for the whole state yes i agree they do the same thing for the magic keys and they did it before too with the annual passes that if you had a socal zip code then you could buy the monthly plan versus buying it outright I think it's just their way of kind of trying to lessen the blow of how many people will take advantage of these offers. Roll on my eyes. But you know what? Disney doesn't come out with discounts very often, and this is a pretty good one. But remember, you have to use up all three of those ticket dates between June 12th and September 28th. So if you don't think you can do that, then it's not worth it. So there you have it. Totally doable. Totally doable. Yeah, if you're you and me. Three days between June and and this. Yeah, it's true. Special. All right. Some more good Anaheim Country Club news. We have an official opening date for California Adventure San Francisco. San Francisco. Very excited. Gotta say it right. I thought it was Tokyo. San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. How dare I? This is that whole like Pacific Wharf area that you like come into DCA, go past Avengers Campus, and then it's that like Bodine Bread Bakery is there, Giardelli is there. Like it was very much like supposed to be the bay and like mm-hmm. Fisherman's Wharf and that whole area when they opened it. Well, now they are IP in it and it's going to be from Baymax, which I am super. I love Baymax. Like, Me too. Low battery. So the opening date is August 31st. So about two weeks after we're there, but Apparently, you can see a lot of it already happening and like stuff is still open in there. But like the official opening is August 31st. So I'm excited to see like some of it. Yeah. And I've been ordered to somehow come back with a Baymax from DCA. So hopefully they're selling them at some point. Oh, like bring a Baymax. I can't I truly can't tell if that's from your child or your husband, which request that is from. We'll find out. Who do you think? Kurt. I think it's from Kurt. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Baymax is adorable. He's going to be making appearances, and there was a little I think, video. Have you met him before? I did in Orlando, and he's so cute and so, so fluffy. It's the he's fashion. fishy. He's like the giant blown up like. Yeah. 
He so like good. wobbles. He wobbles around. He's yeah. accurate. He's so cute. Also, whatever happened to the Hulk who is supposed to be appearing at <gasps> at Avengers Campus? You on this podcast, you gave so much junk to that. You were like, "What I is this?" Like you were so yeah. mad. Big big but mad. Nobody's heard anything or seen it. I know because it's probably not gonna happen. But they did. That was at the same time that they mentioned the Mandalorian and Grogu to come out, and they did come right. out. We saw them, but not yeah, no word about the Hulk. I bet it's just done. So the Hulk in his helmet has not appeared. So anyway, you have August thirty first is the opening date. So and it looks like I've been following along. Like the food changes look really good, but I gotta tell you that margarita stand. Better not be disappearing. Dude. I love that margarita. You know what already has disappeared that has my group up in arms is the Carl Strauss beer cart that was over in that same section. It's been gone for like over two months now at this point. I think it's coming back, but they had to move it because of all of the construction. And we miss it. We miss it sorely. As a group that likes to go mobile order their alcohol and specifically beer. We're not big like other drinkers. We just drink a beer while we're there. There aren't a lot of other great beer spots in DCA. They're just like a little harder to find. And the some of the cast members are a bit surly because they're probably dealing with a lot of drunk people in the parks. But but that's not us. We're, we don't go that crazy. But I'm just saying, like, we really miss the Carl Strauss one because the Carl Strauss beer cart, it was always so nice. Nobody was it's there. Always- the beers were the best there. The drinking thing at DCA has always been an interesting thing to me because I compare, and I think I've said this before, like I compare DCA and Hollywood Studios a lot. And I think a lot of people do compare the two parks as similar yeah, parks. I do. But at Hollywood Studios, there's literal full service bars everywhere. Like you can walk up to Hollywood Brown Derby, stand in the line real quick and get a cocktail to go, right? Like yeah. I have my infamous story of when we stood in line for Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway and I told the guy at the bartender we were going to stand in that. I ordered just a whiskey on the rocks, and he poured an entire glass of whiskey and said, you're going to need this for how long that line is. And just gave it to me. And they have, like, the bar carts all around, but it's not just beer, right? It's not just beer and pre-mixed cocktails. So what I find interesting at DCA is you have to actually go into a restaurant like Lamplight Lounge or... um Carthay Circle or something to get like a vodka soda or something like that, right? But if you want a beer or one of their really fruity mixed drinks, their margaritas and stuff like that, that you can get. So I think it's an interesting play that they haven't gone the full bar thing like they have at Hollywood Studios throughout DCA. I fully agree with you on all of those thoughts. It's weird. And also at Carthay Circle, you can't take your drink away from their lounge or their their restaurant. Yeah, we learned that one. But you can at Lamplight. You can at Lamplight. Um, there's a whole section. There's a whole line that you can just go for to-go drinks there. Yeah, I mean, there's also a lot of quick service places. And I think that Disneyland is really more of the foodie place. If you want to go and have the... Cool snacks, cool food. That's the place to go. Disneyland and DCA compared to Disney World. Disney World has good food, but it's just not as good, in my opinion, as what they have overall at Disneyland. And it's way more viral. Like, you see it on social media all the time. Everybody wants to see the cool, fancy concoctions they come up with at Disneyland. And so I think that they put more effort towards making quick mobile offers than, like, hey, let's make a real fancy delicious cocktail 
in a full service bar. They, they just don't promote that. They would rather yeah. promote a specialty cocktail. But as we talked about a couple of episodes ago when we were reviewing the restaurants and stuff, I do think that the specialty cocktails, whatever concoction Disneyland and DCA are going to come up with are always going to be superior to the ones that you'll find at Disney World. Just note, very heavy on blue Caraco, Caruso, whatever. Curacao Again, please keep Midori. going. Keep trying. What's it called? The blue one and Midori. Blue, the blue drink and Midori. <laughs> like those two are there. Um, <laughs> the blue county Monte Cristo. <laughs> it's Curacao and it's my favorite that you can't whatever. say it. And the I don't want you to ever be able to say one. it correctly. <laughs> but I am excited about I was watching our favorites, Mammoth Club, Molly. And her husband, they did a full day. They stayed in Avengers Campus all day mm-hmm. somehow. Mm. Like that takes some effort, I feel like, to Too do. Too much. Too much. Not, not for Dana. Her mind would explode from the music the whole day. But they did the whole day in there. There are some new cocktails over at Pim's Tasting Lab that were not there before. They basically have like an espresso martini there now as well that looks really good. So You want to hit that up? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, do we? Do I? Of course I do. We, yeah, we're going to be hitting that up. Because you're more the beer person. And I'm more the like a seltzer cocktail kind it's of person true. than a beer. It's true. And you know what? Don't judge a book by its cover because somebody would think the opposite yep. if they looked at our faces. Yep, but exactly. Exactly. We are opposite. We are opposite. You like a good thing. IPA. Mm. I like a good tequila soda with a lime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that exists too. Yeah, that's how it is. Okay. All right, so that's all the uh, Anaheim Country Club news of the day. All right, so going over to Disney Cruise Line, uh, Adam's favorite, my favorite. Did I tell you after you told me that there were like the Reddit threads of the Disney Cruise Line, then I have now found them, and it's scary. It is pretty scary. I gotta be honest. I think I'm gonna leave. Yeah, it's the like dark side of Disney. It's the Disney dark web. I don't like it as much. People are aggressive. People are very aggressive. But people love their Disney Cruise Line. So at Disney Cruise Line, we all know that the Disney Treasure, which is the newest Disney Cruise Line ship that's going to be coming out sometime in 2024, it's going to mirror in layout to the Disney Wish, but it has a different theme, which is adventure and exploration. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. It's a darker theme to it. Like, when you look at the pictures of the big ground hall, it's a much darker mystery. We're talking those, like, earthier tones, more of the, like, um, jungly colors. I'm kind of vibing better with it, too. Me, too. I will be here. When they set their dates, I want to go on it. But the Disney Treasure, just no announcements on when it's going to be premiering. But they did announce who is going to be on the bow of the ship. So on the very front. Did I say that right? Bow? Starboard? Yeah. Uh, front? Wh- whatever part. The front. Oh, I no. Know, the back. Back of the ship. The back of the ship. The back of the ship always has a character or a series of characters who are like painting the sign that says right. the name of the ship. And on that section, on ours, on the Disney Wish, it was Rapunzel and it was very cute. She was swinging in from her hair and she had a paintbrush and she was painting the yellow sign that said Disney Wish for our Disney treasure. Which, by the way, should have been enough to have gotten Kim on that ship for that trip. You would think. Rapunzel Look, did I tell Kim that she could have gone on that trip? Yes, I did. But she chose not to. And that's on her. That's on her. And also... 
Quick sideline, let's all remember that I have forced my friend Kim Moffat. This is a binding contract, and I'm saying it for a second time on the podcast, that she does have to steal two, not one, but two pens from Las Vegas for me because she stole one of my pens, and so that is a requirement, and she is sweating on that. Uh, But anyhow, back to the Disney treasure, the characters that will be on the back of the ship are Peter Pan and Captain Hook. So they will be swinging across, I think, kind of battling each other as they are painting the sign, which will be really cute. That'll be really cute. So I got thoughts on the treasure because I think we talked about this the other day. So they announced all of the fall 2024 cruises and shockingly absent was New York City. You've already talked talked about this. this. Yes. You think that the treasure is going to come out of New York. I know. And I'm going to yes. reiterate again my theory. I think they're going to christen it in New York and make a whole spectacle in New York City with the treasure. Because everything is posted. Like, they're keeping the wish. People are booking the wish for fall 2024 right now. And the yes. wish is doing its, like, Florida to Nassau to Castaway Key loop. Like, yeah. that's that's the wish loop. Everything else is booked, is like station. They've got Galveston, they've got San Diego, like everything. The one big missing thing in 2024 is New York City. Yeah. And I'm reading between the lines. They've got the dream coming up here this year for New York cruises. I think they're trying to increase because I did just look at availability for the dream this fall. Yeah. There's still plenty of availability on the ship. I think they're trying to infuse this market because, look, the tri-state area is a huge Disney market. You've got Jersey, New York, and Connecticut, where these folks are consistently bolting down to Florida. There are so many annual pass holders up in this tri-state area because you can fly to Florida every hour on the hour from up here. Yeah. Like, does that kill you, by the way? Does that kill you a little bit to know that you can yeah, just. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. It does. Right now, hop on a plane and be in Orlando. In like an hour and 45 minutes. Yep. Yeah, I know. Actually, there's a great TikTok video of this woman from New York that did a day trip to Disney. Yeah. Like, she took the like 5 a.m. flight, flew down there, went directly to the parks for the entire day of the Magic Kingdom, threw fireworks, and then flew back to New York that night. But also um, my Seattle family could do the same thing. It's the same it's the same right. window of time, but we don't. Us, <laughs> so, us West Coasters don't do this. You, you East Coasters are weird about this. Yeah, well, whatever. So my going theory is they're going to make a huge, you know, the media capital of the world here, right? Mm-hmm. They We know they want to make a big spectacle when they christen the ship and get it out, right? They did a huge spectacle last time down in Port Canaveral. I think they're going to do it in New York. And I think that's going to be the New York cruises. They're going to go to Bermuda because they've already got the ships going to Lighthouse Point. They've already got the ships going to Castaway Key for the fall. And if they're going to really get this thing going in in 2024 at some point, the gap in the schedule, because I've fallen down the dark web of Disney Cruise Line, is fall 2024 out of New York. What does San Diego look like? What does Los Angeles look like? Do they have the ship going there? Well, they don't go out of L.A. They, they go out of go Long Beach. Diego. They go to Long Beach or San Diego. Um, I still think it's going to be New York because okay. they've got the cruises booked out of San Diego. And I think the, was the dream going? I remember. But that's my theory because the dream is coming here for this fall. So are you telling me if we hear this announcement that you and I are going to be booking this? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. 
Excellent. So that's happening. All right. We got one last really, really pathetic, if you ask me, announcement. I'll, I'll just share oh, it. it's me. Well, I was going to share All it. All right, go. Do it. <laughs> the exciting, folks. They're bringing back some extended hours to Disney's Hollywood Studios for the fall. Um, so if you don't already know this, they do extended hours on the morning and for all guests who stay on Disney property by 30 minutes that you can have in the morning. And then they do like two to three hours, I think, in the evenings, very sparingly for anybody staying at a deluxe resort. And they've just announced that Disney's Hollywood Studios is being added to the mix. Normally, it's only Magic Kingdom and Epcot. However, they've only given five dates for the extended hours at Hollywood Studios, which are as follows. September 30th, October 5th, 11th, 19th, and 25th. So if you happen to be going basically in October and any of those five dates work for you, then congratulations, you can spend a little extra time at Hollywood Studios. But this is quite a sparse amount compared to before the pandemic when every night you could go to these extended hours at basically any park. So exciting, but only for a very small window of people and a small window of time. I don't like why, why just, I don't know. It's frustrating. I'm sure Disney would say it's because they're not at full capacity yet that they need to have the staffing available. But I think it just comes down to, they don't want to spend the staffing and they have limited more of the perks of you, the customer going to the Disney parks, and yet they're still seeing the same amount of revenue, right? So why spend the money on giving you free transportation from the airport? Why spend money on the free extra hours on either end of the day when they know that they have been able to get away with far less for quite some time now? That is my very sad and pessimistic way of looking at it, but (laughs) maybe accurate? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. They've, like the rules are so confusing. I feel like right now with the after hours and what hotels and sometimes it's like deluxe resort hotel after hours or all hotels or partner. Hotel, like, I don't know. Just get back to like, if you stand on property, you get the extra hours at night. I know. Last May when I went with Sierra and Carly, we stayed at a deluxe resort the whole time and we got out of a six night stay. We had one night that we were able to use a extended evening hours offer and you know in the whole week that was just the one so keep in mind if you're booking a deluxe property and you're only coming for two nights the likelihood of you getting to go to an extended hour is pretty unlikely it was really nice we got like the park completely to ourselves it felt like one of those parties where you can just ride everything just hop right on But it was so little. I also, I don't know when I'm going to remember, like, when I'm ever going to experience a late night at the oh, yeah. after hours again until our little man is much older. So Much, much older. Way, it, it's pushing it to get him to make it through fireworks. So we'll see. That's more than my kid. My kid is pretty much, oh, we did watch the fireworks at Disneyland the other day with her, and that was really special. But. Oh. But from a distance, she doesn't like the loud noises, which is okay. Kids don't need to be exposed to loud noises if they don't like them. Well, that's it. That's our news. I hope you all learned something or at least learned that we are mad. We're kind of mad at Disney Daddy right now. And um, Come come on, Disney Daddy, do better. 
do better. better. Don't disappoint. Also, I do have to say, aside from the comments about the strike, he's got a monumental task of riding the ship financially for the company, and he's going to have to do some stuff that's not going to be popular with everybody to do it. Yes. That's the role of the CEO, right? So we'll just say, be patient, and we'll see. I said this earlier. I'm going to say it again. I am all for the things that he shared in that Idaho retreat interview. I think that he (laughs) is on the right track for a lot of these things. I do think he needs to pare back on Marvel. I think he needs to pare back on Star Wars. I think that he should consider selling at least some of his various media platforms. to. be sad if ABC is no longer part of Disney. Well, hopefully that's not the one that he decides on. But... I am still very upset with the way that he described the strike and how it was an ill-timed strike. And that is an ill-timed comment to say when you are a bajillionaire running a huge corporation, the biggest corporation. It's just don't say anything, Bob. Please don't. So you lost some points with me there, Bob. All right, folks. All right. I think that's enough. We keep going for a while, I feel like, but... (laughs) <laughs> yep, I think that's enough. I'm sure you all are like, yeah, that's enough. Folks, if you are looking to book a trip after we just told you our thoughts on things there are still some cool discounts coming out in florida there's some discounts here we talked about the socal resident pass feel free to reach out to me anytime you know i am still a travel agent on the side um happy to book anything you guys are looking at i always love 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 booking my clients and you get a lot of attention from me and hey it's free for you it's no additional cost to work with me it's just See? it's just me helping you do it but if you're also listening to this podcast that helps a lot too so with that all right everybody i hope you all have a great week see you soon bye bye